I don't know about you guys, but I'm lit as fuck <laughs> off that Detroit win. So we're here to talk about a few things that have happened recently this season. We have had Fuller on, and we've had Jeremy on, and we have talked about a couple of things. But don't there forget are some... the distinguished Eric Panzer. That is true. Also, Wheezy and Clay and Cam and Kyle. There yes. are things that you could go catch back up on, but I felt the need that we needed to have a midweek or early week current events pod. Current Let's event, go. CFC current events. So I want to toss this to Matt because I have no idea where I'm going with this, and he's really good at this kind of stuff, and he's going to point us in the correct direction. So, folks, if you listened to last week's episode, uh, the Coach Fuller episode two, I told you there was going to be a surprise. Here it is, bitches. That surprise is we couldn't just stop there. We need to have a part three with Coach Fuller. But it's not going to be just focused on Coach Fuller's the past history. We're going to talk about the Let's present. Let's talk about right, right now. And I think that's a thing we don't actually do that much, so I'm really extra excited for it. Basically, what happened is that uh, Breezy and I really uh, have been missing out on nerdiness and, and, and in-depth soccer conversations, and we decided just to kidnap Coach Fuller uh, away, away from the family and lock him in a room and... Let's just have let's just talk some soccer. Yeah. Let's see let's see if he gives us some tactical insight. I have a feeling that I'm going to ask enough questions that he might. I have a feeling you're going to ask enough questions that he's going to just reach out his hand and hit you over the side of the face. I might deserve that. We'll find out. I'm a lover, guys, not a fighter. So. <laughs> thank thank goodness. Yeah. All right. So, so let's let, let's get into it. Uh let's start let's start with the Oakland game. Yeah, because we've I not agree. talked about that at least with we, you. We've played three professional games. They're a lot of months apart, but only three. Uh, and 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 they're all like they're they're kind of different. So mm-hmm. let's 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 rewind hardcore rewind. It's the end of February. Yep, it's our first NISA game ever. Yes, uh, the schedules kind of just come together if we're being honest. At the right. end, end of January, we go out to Oakland. Uh, by the way, it's the start of a it's the start of a pandemic, a global pandemic, right. which that we don't know yet, had, which nobody well, had recognized. We, we at hadn't that we point. hadn't we hadn't realized it. Like you know, number yep. one was on American shores, and like to the extent that it was. Yep. We go out to Oakland to play our first NISA game against a team that Oakland had. Oakland did not have good results in the fall, but they had to put together a decent team. Yes. Uh, and and a very very good offensive attacking team. Yes. And then they got better. They got a lot better. I mean, they added uh, uh, Adakora, mm-hmm. who who was with San Francisco Deltas and NESL, that title winning team. They also added an incredible midfielder, our boy Pete Peter Pearson. Yep. Uh, former, Shout out Peter, former CFC player in 2017. Yep. And uh, and and at this time, and we've talked about this on private on, on prior episodes. Uh, how we did, and on private episodes and on private episodes <laughs> we had not we did not have at this point we did not have results back on our five uh, foreign players that we had to p1 visas applied for. right and, and so, so they, they were in limbo and so they were not eligible to play for they this were game. they were not eligible to play in this game yeah. uh and by the way if you know, really reach back into the into the time capsule cam woodfin's hurt for this game richard dixon is is, is traveling as a player coach but he was also hurt for this game. Yep. I forgot that part. Yeah. So we put out, and, I, and I'm diving straight in. We're diving straight in. Let's here. go. We put out a team with Phil D'Amico and goal. Mm-hmm. 
R.I.P. With Raymond Lee. We miss you, Phil. Who's now obviously transferred to uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds as our left wing back. Yeah. Jerry Saintville, who's yep. no longer with the club, uh, pursuing some professional opportunities outside of soccer. Right. Uh, as our left our left center back, Soren. Yeah. Who we haven't mentioned. Uh, we we have not mentioned in the last couple episodes. Coming back, coming back from his foot injury. If I, if I'm not coming back yet. Yeah. Not, little, no, not yet, but he's improving. A, yes. a little slower. Uh, we may not see him for for a while. Um, uh, he was in, he's in the center of our of our three or five man defense. Right. Sean Reynolds as our right center back, who's mm-hmm. no longer with the club. Right. Uh, he's moved on. I believe he's out in Oakland now. He's coaching. in Oakland coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Marcano at right wing back. Shout out Ryan. Shout, still here. Uh, he's still here, obviously. The only one in uh, and then, and those then, players. And then we have yeah. And then we have Kyle Carr playing the six, uh, the, the number six role, of the center defensive midfielder, with uh, Ian McGrath, who's been a staple in our in our center mm-hmm. attacking midfield role. Uh, Sean Halfstadter, uh, currently injured. Forward. Forward, Shaw. yeah, forward, Sean especially, especially at this yeah. point, like a, a, yeah. a, not a nailed down forward, right? Playing uh, as a second number ten. By the way, what is Hoff's status right now? That's a great question. Other than the fact that Hoff might have had the worst luck of any human being that uh, is walking currently the face of the earth. I mean, yeah. injuries. He's he's. Uh, He's broken his nose. Um, Ouch. He's had some ankle issues. He's had some knee issues. Um, and just a complete struggle right now. So he did, so, and, and we'll fast forward just a second. He did not make the, the trip to uh, Detroit. Either one. And he did not ma- also did not make the trip to Michigan. And this was due to I don't, I don't even think he, bro, was it the he broken didn't play nose in the independent cup? I don't think yeah, he didn't play at all in the independent cup. Was that the nose Bro- broken nose uh, for those two games? Independent cup, he had issues with his he's ha- he's had a reoccurring ankle problem mm-hmm. that that goes back to his time at West Florida. Okay, and and it needs surgery. the 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 hard part for him is he doesn't want to sit out. He doesn't want to not play. So. He's been trying to put it off until November, until we're done. And obviously now with everything else that's happened, it's one more thing on top of a bunch of stuff. I mean, so. And then Soren, who did play in the game we're talking about, but who has been injured, what's his status? Uh, Broken foot. um, Had his um, follow-up x-ray this last week. And the doctor believes it's at least another two to four weeks before he can get his walking boot off. Gotcha. So it's... And then time after that. Yeah. It, 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 he's... If if we were to get him back by the time we go to the bubble, it, it would be amazing. And I, I just don't see it happening right now. So... Let's, gotcha. let's put a pen in, in, in that... that interesting thing that interesting bubble word you just said yeah. uh, there are, there are a couple other players while we're on the subject of, of current players uh, yeah. but I'll, I'll finish out the starting lineup because they both they both account here which by the way before Matt does this he does not have a computer in front of him nor a phone he is literally do- citing this off from the memory. top of his head <laughs> I yep. could tell you those starters as well Santiago Agadello. yes 
uh, who's has not who is not featured yeah. for us. Speaking of which, since Oakland, what's yeah. what's his status? Uh, Santi had knee surgery, and he probably is done for the rest of the fall. Man, MCL, ACL. Um, his is MCL, I believe. Santi, if you're listening, uh, get well soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're here for whatever you need. Yeah. I have a quick question before we move on. Coach, why are all of our forwards oh why are all of our injuries except for Soren forwards? <laughs> what what uh what God did we curse? What what did we do? I'm I'm sure it's my fault. I mean so <laughs> Oh, I'm not blaming I'm, you. I'm sure I've done something that um no, I mean thing with look, I I I've been doing this a long time and when it when it rain the old saying when it rains it pours. Yeah. It tends important. to happen and it tends to happen a lot of times to the same group of guys. And we, I don't know we, why. We talked a little bit about um coming out of the coming out of the the off period with the pandemic that the other leagues had seen you know, increased injuries. That's why there was five subs trying to limit some minutes right. here and there. Right. And, and I mean, it's obviously clear to see that it's affected us. Yes. In a way that's a lot more serious than a lot of other teams. Right. And, and, and I think that's just mostly bad luck if we're right. being honest. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Um, there was a, there was one more player in that starting lineup for Oakland that we hadn't mentioned yet. Brian Beamett mm-hmm. started in Oakland. Yeah. He played really well in the independent cup. Right. Yeah. We haven't seen him. He didn't make the trip to, to Michigan. We didn't right. see him in Detroit. Right. Um, yeah, what's his status? He's had an injury. Um, injured bef- uh, either Monday or Tuesday before we went We went up to Michigan Stars to play. Um, not real sure yet what exactly it is. Um, he's going for an MRI this week. Um we think it, we think it's probably a, a a sprained sprained medial collateral ligament or um, or or possibly a slight tear maybe in the um, uh, the meniscus of the medial collateral, but we don't know for sure. So, still waiting to find out what happens there. Yeah. Okay. That is. Tough, but thank you for the injury updates. Yeah. So going back to the Oakland game, um, can you talk us through how you set up uh, for that game? Oakland's a team with a, a pretty big payroll, and and we were preparing since the opening game of the season. How did we set up? How did we go out there, and, mm-hmm. and kind of how did that game go? Well, we had at the time two two amateurs that went out with us, Alec McKinley and uh, Nick, Nick Spielman. Yeah. So obviously – We went out with a roster we weren't weren't real sure about. Um, honestly, the day before we decided, we decided that we were going to go with a five three two based on how they played. Um, we worked on it the day before the game. Spent about twenty to twenty five minutes in terms of roles, responsibilities. Went through set pieces. I oh, is that for I, the listeners? Is that normal? Do you normally no, decide the day before? How no, do you? Heck no. But part of the problem was the situation we were in. We thought 
we would have some guys coming up, flying out, um, that would have gotten their visas at that point, mm-hmm. and we didn't. And so now we're ch- now we're sitting there trying to trying to figure the whole thing out. And for everybody that was watching at Chat Brewing Company, they kind of got their first dose of that reality that night, yeah. turning around and seeing who was there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like no no Juan Hernandez. Juan, yeah, no, no Juan Sanchez, no Jordan Dunstan, like guys that you've no Joao to, Costa, no guys like Danny Valenciano, Valenciano yeah. guys you've come yeah. to expect. Yeah, with it, the club at that point. Yeah, it was it was tough uh, watching with them because we all understood that they, in reality, they wanted to be there. Yeah, you know? of course. So I think the interesting thing about the Oakland game and and knowing knowing who started, knowing who made the trip, you could start to see a bit of a. I mean, and I realize you put it together in, you know, 25 minutes or so the day before, but you could see it like a, a, a clear, uh, incredibly clear tactical vision for the game, Yeah, which was, we do not want to play ball on the ground soccer with you. Yeah. Uh, and and we, which right, for CFC fans is a huge shock to the system. Right. Based on the way we played in, in 2019, obviously, but mm-hmm. also... We had been conditioned through 2018 and 2017 that we and play 2016 that we play on the ground. Yeah, like quick, dominate possession, dominate possession, yep. quick passing, quick moving, very tiki taka. I I wouldn't moments, go. I wouldn't go quite. Moments. I wouldn't go quite the tiki taka because it was. I felt like it, in style it was more German, uh, and that like it was we we could keep possession and we did so very well. But then there were times where it was the ball goes, and it, and it's a clear it's a clear planned move. Mm-hmm. I think 2019 was more of a tiki taka year, where we just kept possession at times. And I'm saying this with the with the, with the coach in the room, where we just kept possession for possession for, for just like to have possession. Yeah. yeah. And and so you go from that, and especially for the fans' expectation, we go from that to at, at in Oakland. It honestly felt like, and and I love good soccer. Sometimes uh, I'm 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 fouling is winning. I'm I was pretty, getting ready to say I'm that. pretty known for for a phrase called fouling is winning, uh, because, uh, and, and and we can go in in, in depth on, on the phrase itself, but fouling and and, and like playing defensive mm-hmm. soccer has a huge importance in in the game, right, and. I think you know, and, and we've experienced this on 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 the other end, where we have the ball all the time, we dominate the play, we're the protagonists. And if you can't if you can't compete with that style of play, the smart thing in soccer is to not play that way. Don't do it. Do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've got to counter that. Just like just like don't do it. Right. Let them have the ball. Set your defense up in a way that you can limit invite opportunities and chances. Invite some of the pressure, yeah. direct the pressure to a place where you have numbers and can defend and you have better players, turn them over and counterattack. So, or if you can't even counterattack, just, you know, pray to God that you can hang out, right. hang out in, in the defense for long enough to have a couple of opportunities here right. and there. So with all of that said, when you're setting up for Oakland, and you, you said you set up in a very short period of time, you set up a, a three man back line. Kind of a five man, three man. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? How do you? I know it's more complex than that. So, so tell me, how how are you trying to set up? What matchups are you trying to create? And then where does it go? We wanted to make sure we didn't get 
we didn't get run out of the park in the first 30 minutes. And we knew they would have 7,000 people at the game. We knew they hadn't won a game in Nice of the previous year. Yep. And I also knew that the, the roster they would roll out against us. And our thing was, let's just make sure we don't, we're not too, we're not too, deal, we're not too nil down at 30 minutes. That, and, sure. and we set up in a 5-3-2. To be fair, they, they caused us a boatload of problems early on. Yeah. Once, about 20 minutes in, once we had weathered the storm, then we actually started playing a little bit. And the thing is, obviously the goal, came, Ian's goal came off of a great corner by Kyle and really good execution. Soren set an unbelievable screen to, 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 to free Ian up for the goal. But honestly, it was coming. We, we, had, had, we had, had some, had moments some spells that, of possession that, that were actually excellent. And, and I think it's worth noting here, and I cannot remember for the life of me who was involved in this, but the play that preceded the corner kick yeah. was, and I, I really wish I could remember. Santi was, Santi was, it was Santi? in it. Yes, Santi was, was in it. It was incredible yeah. amounts of effort yeah. into a, a play where we had no chance of scoring off yeah. of there. Yeah. And we earned a corner kick from there. Yeah, because uh, Santi went out of his way yeah. to just hustle and yep. try something and win a yep. corner, mm-hmm. and it's a great that's a great pickup, Matt. And, and that's and, and that's something and you're that, right. Like, you're right. I mean, like yeah. it, it's little yeah. things like that, especially yeah. for a team. We we're not we're not the possession no create chances every every ten no. seconds group that we no. were in previous years, but when you when you play a little bit on the counter when you play for set pieces. Uh, yeah. When, when you play that kind of soccer, you have to be able to capitalize mm-hmm. on, on certain small moments, mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to you have to capitalize on a fewer amount of moments. Mm-hmm. the The stakes become higher in high oh, in, 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 in more yeah. important moments. It's yep. not just another set piece. Yeah. And and yeah. I, and I'm pointing this out to say that like a little play like that is goes so far. Because yep. just just a one extra corner mm-hmm. in that game, yeah. literally made all the difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and so we we go up. We continue playing the same way. We don't deviate the game plan. Yeah. We don't suddenly think that we're Barcelona here. Right. Uh, and it works. And it works. And it works. And it works. And obviously, and yeah. obviously, at, at the end, it didn't. Well, it's but, a but it's, like it's a really good play by a really good player. I mean the, and, the ball the ball mistakes. end was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. and yep. there's a misjudged there's a misjudged ball. You know, yeah. the, the ball coming in, like Sean misjudges it. Yeah. Phil maybe could have done a little bit better. He also got got, got a little bit thrown off because of the, the way the touch was by mm-hmm. by Jack McInerney. Mm-hmm. By the way, Jack McInerney is playing for Oakland. Played there in, in the fall. Yeah. I mean, this guy has scored a few goals in MLS in his career. Scored a few like, goals it, it, for me it, in MLS. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. like he was. Yeah. It was nobody so, here. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, yeah. he's the kind of guy that you figured would have, yeah. you know, in the worst case scenario, would have would have two goals by thirty minutes. I'm 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 shocked that nobody right now 
And, and listen, I know the background. I know, I know better than anybody knows why he's where he's at and everything else. But I'm just telling you. He can score some goals. He can score goals, man. And, and goals, goals win games. Yeah. yeah he, po- he, he, he poached one pretty yeah, well. He did. Yeah. He yeah. did. It's a poacher's and, goal. Yep. So, and, no, he, he, uh, he scored a good goal. You know, obviously, them getting, uh, you know, having Hines sent off. Um, he and, and again, he got baited into yeah. being stupid. And Excellently. He, did, and he was. Excellent yeah. job from Ian McGrath. <laughs> yeah, that was. Was. And also, yeah. Jack Mack uh, scoring a goal against his hometown team. Yeah, there's yeah. Lest, lest yeah. we there's forget that, that Jack yeah. Mack is from yeah. Chattanooga, born in Hickson. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Really? Fun fact. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Fuck Jack Mack. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, the season, like that. I mean, that's the last. That's the last game of the spring season. Like the only game of the spring season for us. The pandemic. The pandemic shuts things down. Squashed us. And I don't really. For this episode, for like, we're, I mean, we're going to go a little bit more in depth, tat- tactics, things like that. I don't really want to talk about the. The there it is. I don't really want to talk about nice. the, the 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 pandemic training. We've talked about that in the in the in the first mm-hmm. in the first episode we did. And with, with Jeremy, I have and with a, some players. Now I have too. a specific question. Okay, so we lined up against Oakland in ostensibly a five man back line. Five three two. A five three two. Okay, yep. so we also ostensibly lined up against Detroit in a five three two. In a, in, a, in certain ways, I, what I would like to hear is. Before we, and we're not going to skip over the Michigan Stars. We're going to go back to the Michigan Stars. Right. But I would love to hear you contrast the differences, if you're comfortable, between how we lined up against Oakland and how we lined up against Detroit. Let me take personnel, and then I'll let you do tactics. Okay. And the reason why I'm jumping in here, and the there reason, is a big cool. difference in personnel. And the reason why um, mm-hmm. we went over in detail every single starter in the Oakland for, in the Oakland game for right. us. The only players that were on the field to start. Both of those games mm-hmm. were Ryan Marcano at right wing back mm-hmm. and Ian McGrath at the 10. Kalkar as well. But he didn't start the Detroit game. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Michigan Stars. No, no, no. no, no. no. I wanted we're to do, skip I the Michigan to do, Stars for a second yeah, and then right, come back. I wanted to do right. Detroit because yeah. we played, we got good results in both of those games. Mm-hmm. I think a draw mm-hmm. was a good result mm-hmm. in Oakland. Mm-hmm. We obviously Agreed. won the Detroit game away. It's, if you had right. told us before the Oakland game would you that take we would, it? Yes, yes. Hundred percent every time. Ten ten times out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I had to it tell only, myself it only hurt because how we conceded at the exactly. end. I had to tell myself over and over again after it happened, you know what? I would have taken this going in. I'm good. Mm-hmm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. a little salty. I'm a little mad, but like I'm not. I'm not. It's fine. Everything's fine. And eventually, I, you believe that again, of course, because it's yeah. what you what you believe going in. Yeah. Also, that's sports, right? Exactly. It is. But like yeah. I, I wanted to mention yeah. that it, it was it was literally just Marcano, yeah, and it was just McGrath in the starting lineup for Oakland and Detroit. Mm-hmm. We played. I don't want to say the same way because it's different. Hey, hey, and we'll, and we'll let talk him about decide if it's different. Mm-hmm. But nine different players. Mm-hmm. In that group, right, playing what I what I think, and we can talk about this in a second. What I think is probably the way that we're going to see more Chattanooga FC in the future. Yeah, play yeah. as opposed to the 2016, 2015 through twenty nineteen right. version of us. Right. Yeah. So let's so let's get into that. Okay. Tactically speaking. Well, there's a couple of things. 
the NPSL teams that you watch play during the period of time you just discussed had an un, had the ability to be, be able to bring in an unlimited amount of foreign players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in terms of amateur soccer in the United States, was probably every year one of the three or four best in terms of what everybody considers amateur soccer to be in the United States. So now you're dealing with a team now that's a professional franchise, has no ability to bring foreign players in. Right. Based on... Literally zero. Yeah. And has a payroll that is less than a lot of the teams that you're competing against. Yeah. Which, and by the way, I, is, a, is a normal small market professional club and issue. Some, and also, by the way, something that Coach Fuller, I don't know if you remember, you foreshadowed at our uh, initial meeting when we all met at Chattanooga Brewing Company. Right. You said, we may not have the highest payroll, we may not play the prettiest soccer, but we're going to put we'll, something out we'll on the field. We'll be competitive. Yeah. And... and and the, th- the thing with it is, you can't, with everything that I've just said, and with the fact that you can't go after, you don't have the ability to bring big-time foreign players in. You probably don't have the ability to bring, time, bring big-time American players in. And that's also a function of where we... Or in where, the we sit, where we sit, and and I'm okay with that. I, I mean, mean, there's there's a reason yeah. why the lower leagues, yeah, you know, you even are. League One, League yeah. Two, the yeah. Championship, or yeah. not the Championship, yeah. the National League in England, exactly. Why they play a little bit more Route One, mm-hmm. regressive, mm-hmm. even soccer? It's because they can't. I mean, they can't. They can't pay. Yeah. I mean, they can't they can't beat out a guy like like that Leeds can bring in. Right. I'm so, using Leeds because they were promoted from the championship to Premier League this year. But but here's the interesting thing. Detroit City's a legitimate professional franchise. They're very good. Yeah. Brought in a lot of legit professionals this offseason. Of course yeah, they have. Yeah, for sure. Tell me, with all the quality players that we had last year I I would defy you to tell me of the three games we played against Detroit last year I promise you in 90 minutes this year we created more good goal scoring opportunities than we ever did last year yeah so as a whole yes yeah for sure there's no question about it yeah for sure and that being the case Maybe the whole idea of just being able to keep the ball for keeping the ball's sake maybe isn't the right way. So before we go any further in depth into, into the tactics, the formations, that. and things like that, mm-hmm. let me go philosoph- uh, philosophical first. Do it. Is that, a, is that a function of not necessarily lower division soccer across the earth? Right. But let's specifically mm-hmm. in the United States. Right. 
is that partly a function of how the game works at the lower lower professional divisions yeah, in the United States? Like say, like say, yeah, you've got the possession. Yeah, maybe you have the skill, but we're gonna tactically take it to you where we know we can. Is that what you're saying? Like, is that like the game plan that you like you attack somebody that you? Know? I just, I, I, I just, and and like this is, I mean, obviously this is our first year as a, as a as a fully professional club. I've watched lower division professional soccer for not really that long. I mean, we're only really maybe this is my third season, right? But the, the, the commonality that I keep seeing in lower division soccer is that there is almost never, we'll say, 20 passes in a goal. Like, it's almost always, uh, you know, we'll say five or six or seven or less. Bing, bang, boom. It, it could, yeah. I mean, counterattacks are, are, are counterattacks. They're a given. They happen yeah. a lot yeah. at this level. Yeah. But, or a goalie throws and but, a ball but, gets flipped on. But it could on. just be like, you know, you start possession from the back and it's boom, you know, like an, an out ball, mm-hmm. uh, maybe back to the middle, maybe back out, cross in, maybe it just a, it's a knockdown goal. You know, that's five, six passes. Yeah. And that might be the most you ever see. Yeah. Like there's just not a ton of really, really good play, mm-hmm. uh, which is not... I don't think you're not talking down on anybody. You're just saying, I don't that that's, think that's bad. Right. I don't think that's good. I think it's the function of how we play in this country. I, I think goals count more than not scoring goals. And, hey. I, and, I, and, and I guess where Still? I'm getting it, where I'm getting at this, Is that right? I, I believe so. <laughs> I believe that's why you keep score. That's what I'm told at least. Well, uh, well that's funny. Cause the NPSL founders cup wanted to take possession and add points. <laughs> totally kidding. But something they probably do. Where, where I'm getting at this is we, we created more chances. We scored the same number of goals in one game this year against Detroit than we did in three games against Detroit in 2019. Mm-hmm. And the, the creating chances thing we scored, we created a lot of chances in 2019 in that, in that friendly that didn't, didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't, couldn't score anything other than Marcus Smarzak's goal. But like, it's the same number of goals mm-hmm. in a third of the amount of time. And, I just think that's really interesting that we've devised a system, at least for those two games, and we and we can talk. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Michigan Stars in a second. Uh, I don't want to, and, and maybe okay. a little bit of the Independent Cup too, because I think that that relates here. Right. But we've devised a system where we don't need to have the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you have to have it at some point, but we we don't need it for the majority of the game. Right. To and- be able to to do and to create. Scoring opportunities, right? I mean, like breezy. I, I, I under I would so maybe what you were saying is like that's not our total game plan, but like if it comes down to it, we can play that style. But like, also, is it? It might be our game plan. So I, I, I want to. I like to hold the cards close so to the chest. We've we've <laughs> talked a lot here and we've not let coach Fuller talk and then I just want to say one last thing before we let him talk about uh kind of respond to what we've just said. But I mean, in the end you you play to win. I mean, you you play to, to win, win the, the game. game. Nailed it. You guys nailed you it. You don't play to Herman play. Edwards. Yeah, you guys yeah. nailed it. So yeah. it doesn't it's not, don't get me wrong, if you have to choose between winning and playing pretty soccer or winning and playing ugly soccer, you choose pretty. But that's not the choice. The choice is winning or not winning. Right. And and whether that comes with pretty soccer is 
ancillary in my opinion. And yeah. and I want to win soccer games. I want to win trophies and and as yeah. and I want to win championships and I as yeah. as a CFC fan, I want to win. I don't care how it happens. And guess what? I want to put out a little thing again before we let coach Fuller kind of respond to all of this. I I have a belief that the uneducated, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, soccer fan enjoys a fast break, a play on the counter, maybe not a, maybe not a set piece, but a play on the counter more than they enjoy an incredible buildup with 35 passes. A play on the counter, everyone understands. If you go to Atlanta, everyone stands up. If you go to Atlanta and you watch Atlanta United fans, you, Atlanta Atlanta United play, and Atlanta United fans interact with the game, and this is not a shot at Atlanta United fans. There's 70,000 people in that building some weeks. And of those 70,000, there's 15 or 20,000 actual soccer fans. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is there for a good time. But everyone, all 70,000 people right. there, understand when Joseph Martinez gets out on the break and when Miguel Almiron was there and they were out on the break and the entire stadium, the electricity mm-hmm. that goes through that stadium, mm-hmm. everyone stands up, as Matt said, and everyone knows that something is coming when they're on the break. And yeah. I think that we do a disservice sometimes when we want... Only pretty soccer. I'm not saying pretty soccer is bad, but if you're playing on the break in American soccer, unless you're playing to the absolute mm. Euro snob of Euro snob, yeah. it's about who scores goals. It's, and it's, if you're it's playing on the those, break, that's as exciting as it gets. It's one of those moments. If if you think about, and and this is very stereotypical to like traditional American sports people, the average the average length of play in an in an NFL football game is like six eight seconds. You know, baseball, sure. you know, a, a pitch, a swing, something happening in baseball could be six, eight seconds. Mm-hmm. What's a counterattack's length of time if you turn the ball over 10 yards into the uh, opposition half? It's probably six or eight seconds between, you know, the, to the turnover and the ball in the back of the net. Like that's almost like the quintessential amount of time for things to happen. And, and, and I think as a CFC fan, a longtime CFC, CFC fan, looking back when we were in the old days, uh, everyone kind of played the, a little bit of long ball, a lot of counterattacks, you know, that's, those are the moments I remember, not necessarily who scored, how it was done, mm-hmm. but I remembered, I remembered being in the supporter section and fans, you know, looking down in the second half, especially Mm-hmm. We're going towards we're going towards the brick wall in the locker room. Hello, rooms. 2015. And we and like you look, there's the turnover, and you look down down the side of the field. And who do you see streaking? Snoopy Davidson. <laughs> Oftentimes, yes. Uh, and, and like you look down, and you can see that the crowd in the corner of your eye, and just progressively as as the players and the ball get further down mm-hmm. the field towards the locker rooms, just everyone starts to stand up. Almost like almost like they're doing the wave, mm-hmm. except everyone's just standing up in anticipation. I think you could equate and that. And that's six or eight seconds of just pure anticipation before the pandemonium of a goal. Yeah. Right. I think you could equate that to a, a, an American football touchdown. Yeah. You have a long pass to a receiver. A receiver breaks off yeah. of a yeah. guy, and he's running down, and everybody's like, oh, shit. And they start yeah. standing up one by one by one by one, exactly what you're talking about, when it's a long run. And I think that translates into the game well, especially when you're speaking... On yeah, American soccer. So, so Fuller, does that does that jive? I know we've just we've put like fifteen questions on you, but but does all of that kind of jive with how you see it, or are there anything you want to add to that? Well, there's four moments in the game. 
It's the moment when we have the ball. There's the moment when we don't have the ball. There's the moment when we're transitioning from attack to defense. Mm. And the moment when you're transitioning from defense to attack. There's four moments. The truth of it is, when you set up basically to defend, you're setting up to let them have the ball and basically you're going to be without it. And everything that you do at that moment and in that setup is based around the moment of transitioning from defense to attack. You have to have the right players. You have to have the right um, the right organization, and you have absolutely have to have players that athletically are gifted enough to be able to play that way. And we played we played last year to have the ball. Yeah, I I love playing that way, but. Sometimes, because of a variety of reasons, you have to basically be the team that plays on the transition from defense to attack. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And especially against really good teams. So we'll play that way. Um, I I think the way we set up this last weekend was magnificent. I, I think, agree. I think the way that the players played this last weekend was more than magnificent because they're the ones that have to carry it out and have to buy into it, and they were tremendous. Could you, and I know we, we talk, touched briefly on this earlier, but could you talk a little bit about the differences between Oakland, which we dove pretty deep on, and uh, the setup against Detroit? Well, besides the fact that we had nine different players. Detroit played if if you if you go back to the way that Manchester United played under Van Gaal and you watch how Detroit played the two of them played the same way mm. very very wide in terms of the three the three central defenders pushing on the wing backs as as high as you can get them um, the wing backs being athletically gifted um, technically gifted um, and everything that I'm telling you, by the way, Bill identified very early on when we, when we talked about Detroit. Um, but we basically said we're going to take away the right and the left center backs. And we're going to take away the six. And that's what we worked. We spent a boatload of time. So when you say that, mm-hmm. when you say take away the right and left center backs, mm-hmm. uh, so that leaves that leaves their center center back, Stephen Carroll. Stephen Carroll open. Yep. And when you take away the six, yep. For us, that was using McGrath, McGrath, which pushed up. It felt like a like a three four three at times. Yep. Or a three two five. Mm-hmm. to take away Ibrahim Conte there. Yep. Who, by the way, was a perfect matchup for McGrath because he didn't move McGrath around an awful lot. Where Ian McGrath needs, where Ian McGrath struggles 
is if he's got to run defensively 30 yards this way, 30 yards that way, 30 yards that way, he basically got a chance to spend 20 yards here, 20 yards there, 20 yards there, 20, but his movements were predictable and made it really easy for him to be able to defend because you don't want Ian spending all his time defensively because his movement off of the ball and attack and his play and attack is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's, and we felt like if we took the two center backs away, made Stephen Carroll the playmaker, yep. took Conti out of the mix, we'll take our chances. And we pretty much knew he was going to launch it to that corner flag or to that corner flag. And he, he did some, but he didn't do it enough. He actually tried to play. And there were, there tried, were a lot of times that he, and he tried they, to play. And when they tried to play. I mean, Coloco was everywhere. Yeah, pardon my English, but the, but yeah, I mean, they got their ass handed to him yeah. when they tried to play. I think the I think the the end of the end results was that we had Shout out Coloco. maybe nine, yeah. maybe nine shots on goal. And I don't remember I don't remember a shot that Detroit had that would cla- be classified as on goal. Because no. Reddington never made any saves. Reddington no. never ne- never even made a save that for a shot that was just mm-hmm. a, a roller right. from 30 yards or anything like that. There were a couple of crosses he came mm-hmm. out for, but none of them were on frame. Right. They had one, they had a couple they, they had two right dangerous at the opportuni- right opportunities at the beginning. right at the beginning, and the one that they, they put off, off frame at the very, very end. That was a very, which, very good which chance. Had, which had Breezy yeah, and I... Great chance. Which had Breezy and I talking to each other right afterwards saying, I'm really glad we got that second goal. Oh, <laughs> it had, it had yeah. me saying, thank God I didn't eat that extra hamburger because I might have died of a heart attack. <laughs> that, in, that, that feeling of insurance. So nice. Thank God I have life insurance. <laughs> so... <laughs> But but I will say, uh, Alec uh, did play a very commanding role from such a young guy. I do like seeing. I already knew he had athleticism. He definitely has an athletic figure and a jump and a, and a big strong hand when it comes to balls going over the top. But seeing him come through and and catch balls and kind of control the middle of his box was a nice refreshing thing to see, knowing that he he can come out and and say, hey, keeps getting the ball he and re- come down with it and be like, listen, I'm about to knock this ball 60 yards. You're about to get a header in, and then somebody's about to put it in the goal. His his distribution was exceptional, I thought, and we can talk yes, about the goals. But I something I didn't realize he had is a is an iron fist. Mm-hmm. Not yep. that ever he didn't he wasn't That's the kind of guy that hit the ball and it launched 40 yards. Right. But he missed one all game in the first three minutes. There were mm-hmm. two rough scrambles, one of which he missed. Right. Outside of that, every ball he went to get a hand on, he either caught it or he got a hand on it and pushed it out for, far enough that we were able to make a play. He didn't right. he did there was no flailing across the box. Nope. And missing the ball. And that's And this is a young keeper we're talking about here. He's 20 years old. He's 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, the thing about and the thing about it is he was at UNC Charlotte left UNC Charlotte and played community college. He was, he was playing behind, like, you know, and one was, guy who's in MLS right now when right. he was at UNC Charlotte. Right, but he went to community college and wasn't a starter there. So think about that one. And now he's playing professionally, as a, a professional soccer player. Well, I, I'd like to drug test the coach that didn't start him in the community college game. Well, 
I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but but here's the deal. We will. <laughs> that kid, the amount of work he has put into his game is frightening. Yeah. He works his backside off. And, you can and, tell he loves it. And he... And he loves being here. He loves being a part of what we're doing. He was more than happy to be the number two under Phil. And and to be honest, we've got two good goalkeepers here right now. Yeah, two mm-hmm. very good. Go- you know, I feel bad for Matt because a lot of people will look at. Well, we lost to Michigan Stars. You were the num- You you played that day, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't his fault. If you look at, he made two or three saves in that game. That actually kept big. us in the mix. Yeah. So we got two very good goalkeepers. I would not have imagined Alex's development when he first came here in January. Yeah. To where he's at now. It's it's exponential. I this mean, it's is un- it's unbelievable. This is an argument that that some clubs or some fans of clubs have and and you you sometimes see it on on the internet uh, when it when it comes to and obviously he's not a he's not like from here as a youth player or anything like right, that right but like the play your kids argument yeah because if you don't play the players that grow up in your system or the just the young players you have right. in general right how are you gonna know yeah how are you gonna know if if they have it yeah you're and, right and I think Reddington is the perfect example of that is yeah we've tossed him like I mean. Granted, there were no fans in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. We threw him into an absolute fire, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 playing defensively, where you know the rationale for a keeper is a lot different than if you have the ball all the time, right? Where you're asked, you know, make two or three, four mm-hmm. saves, you know, if if things go terribly wrong, you've got one one on one opportunity basically right. in, in a game, right? That's a lot different than when you don't have the ball and it's basically. I can't tell you if you're going to make five saves and then I can't tell you if you have to make 15. Right. Like, you know, good luck. Right. right. Organize well, please, please organize well. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a 20 year old we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And, and, and the guys in, in, in that back line in Detroit, mm-hmm. Richard Dixon's one of them. He's played pro for eight, 10 years. Right. Sean Russell's one of them. He's played at, at a, at a professional level for, for several years now. Right. Like that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and and I and I don't think he, he didn't may not may have not had to make any saves. Right. That game. Right. But he didn't mean he did no work. Correct. Exactly. Well, he wasn't just like sipping, you know, s- sitting, you know, hanging out by the goalposts, drinking mai tais or anything yeah. here. His name's on Hope Solo. <laughs> like shout out, like shout that, out U.S. Women. That's a. That, I mean, like that's a that's a crazy that's yeah. a crazy thing that we put him into in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I thought he, I thought he performed incredibly well. Agreed. Let's let's move a little bit from. So we took Oakland and Detroit together. For for a reason, we took Oakland and Detroit together because we played relatively defensively in that three five two, but it's different. It was a similar game plan. Of course, there were different players, but yes, if well, you wanted and, to look at the way and, we lined up, and and we we staggered. I think we staggered some things a little bit differently in midfield. Having Juan Hernandez be a, mostly a little bit deeper, yeah, uh, alongside uh, alongside the six as opposed to up, up always with Ian McGrath, and and defensively we played that a lot differently too. Uh, I felt like, um, 
but I want to go. I want to go next, and and breezy. I want your opinion here, and I know you're going to be mad at me, and I don't really care. I want to go next to compare the the three games in the Independent Cup, the the three one win against Georgia Revolution, the uh, the two. I think it was the two zero win against Savannah Clovers, and the three zero win against Soda City. Yep. I want I want to compare those games with. The Michigan Stars game, the the two one loss up, up in Pontiac, and I, and I'm I'm grouping these games together because we played. I mean, we we've played all year the same sort of three five two. Yes. And, and and functionally, we've played we've tried to play it the same way, if if that makes sense. Uh, but obviously, the level of play despite what, what some people think about the Michigan stars, the level of play from the independent cup games to the Michigan stars was different. It was drastically different. Very much so. So I, I let's briefly, I want you to briefly kind of re- review the, the independent cup games. And then I want to, I want to talk about, I want you to talk about what you saw differently with Michigan stars. And then I'm going to kind of ask coach the same question. Okay. So, I think there's a couple different things that separated the independent cup from that, that first game back and excuse me. The, the first thing that a a wise man told me who's standing to my right is that the speed of play was not the same. And, And you saw that it was immediately apparent for all the things that the Michigan stars are or aren't the speed of play with which they play is far superior to the three amateur teams that we played in the independent cup. Now in the independent cup, we were coming off of, let's not forget, uh, four or five months, four months of inactivity, uh, four months in which we've talked about this in previous episodes with players and with coach Fuller that they could not work out together. And when they could work out together, they're working out with eight players at a time. It's COVID 69. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This was preseason. So yeah. let the independent cup was preseason. Mm-hmm. And the biggest difference I saw besides it being preseason, was a little bit like when the sec teams play a bunch of powder puffs in the preseason and they win 60 to zero. Sometimes yeah. you mean the pay to play games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that works out well for the, for the sec teams because they come in on a high and sometimes they come in flat footed and, and I think that's exactly what happened against Michigan Stars. I think there's a lot of things that happened. So like UT losing to BYU and Georgia State last year. Who? Kind of. I don't really have the capacity or the knowledge to be able to comment any further. Than my, wife, my wife's alma mater I don't think plays football anymore. That's all I'm going to say there. My f- alma mater has not lost a football game since 1973. When you guys declared defeat in the Civil War? There, wow! I can't believe he's gone I, there. I said 1973. First off, I mean, and, it might have taken you a while. I'm the only one that was alive during the Civil War. And here, if by you've the way. and and if you've ever seen the movie We Are Marshall, go back to the climax of the movie and where everyone's excited, and look at the team that Marshall played. Add that with the fact that we were losing quarter million dollars, by the way, during the Nixon administration a quarter million dollars a year on football. And it suddenly makes sense why 
Xavier doesn't play football anymore. Are you telling me that it was Nixon's fault? That I think that's exactly what he was saying. I was I was using a a a known reference for a point in time. Most that's not what I. It's not what said. I heard. Smitty, I think, Smitty I think is you just somewhere. Said that it was Tricky over. Dick's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? Smitty is bending over somewhere. The, going, the real, the real 60. reason why the the DNC was broken into in the 1972 election was because they were looking for like Marshall was looking for the savior football strategies and exactly. plans, exactly. which was that's which was, was to declare defeat and never yeah. play again. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. But so, what we, so that's by, not. By the way, fun fact: just briefly, just briefly, because I want to get this in in case any anyone from Hurry. The, anyone from the University of Cincinnati is listening. Since since 1970, Xavier has had one NFL first round draft pick. The University of Cincinnati, who's actually played football for the last 40 years, has had zero. So you were saying that the we came in flat footed though. So you yeah, thank saying, you, thank you, producer Jay. And I and I will and I will bring our, our reel this back in. Um, and we talked about this. Breezy and I are working on a really cool project with Eric Panzer um, that you can check out on Eric Panzer's Instagram pages soon. But whenever the MPS or sorry, MPSL, oh my gosh, the uh, the Nisa Independent Cup. Whenever whenever the boys won the South, was it the Southeastern? The the southeast region, whatever it was. The southeast region, anyways. They decided they obviously got a small trophy. Yep. They lifted it and they were like, eh, da, da, you know, cool. Championas, mm-hmm. championas. Eric Panzer walked away from that group. <laughs> yeah. Literally shaking his head, going, What are we doing? And I think I think that that, le- that leans in a little bit to what you were going to. I think that I I don't think that they were like on an, on a high or anything from that. But you can tell that that preparation wasn't necessarily the level that it needed to be to go into the Michigan Stars, who had a much better team and had been practicing together for a longer time. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a preseason tournament, and right? With with lower talent level. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we played. Where 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 I'm interested in, in, in coach's opinion here. We lined up. Uh, there were some there were some in- injury issues. We talked about them, mm-hmm. uh, specifically related to Brian Beamett, uh in in the in the uh, in the early part of this episode. We lined up much the same way between those three games, uh, and and Michigan Stars, and 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 it obviously didn't work. Right. You know, we we were we were immediately yeah. we were immediately under the cosh. Yeah. Uh, and flat-footed, and and uh, and and it looked like surprised. It felt mm-hmm. like surprised watching on TV. Mm-hmm. I was definitely surprised. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess, I guess the question is, Coach. I, I gave my little opinion on what happened, and, and some of that was based on on talking with you and and you talking about the speed of play and whatever else. But but what what happened? We've talked about Detroit and Oakland, which were both, I think we all objectively feel like were good results. Like ta- mm-hmm. Also tactically good game plans. But right. Michigan Stars sits kind of right there in the middle of our, our three-game recap right now. What happened? Um, I, think, I think a couple of things. I think what happened to us is a lot similar to what happened to Detroit this past weekend. They had played the Independent Cup and had not... Um, not played another game. They won, played, their, they we, won their division and didn't play anything else before they came and matched up with us. Exactly. And yeah. and the truth of it is, the Nisa 
the NISA level is a whole different deal than the Independence Cup level. And um, we, we also had not just some injury issues. Um, I won't get into... I won't get into some of the other things that went along with it, but we had a number of things going on in terms of the technical staff, in terms of players, everything else that came up late in the game prior to us going up there that were a problem. To Pontiac. And contributed to... It, it affected our preparation a little it bit. It did, and, and, and it affected our play. Um, the other side that I would say to it, too, and I don't mind saying this, I'll say it in public, they, the logistics in terms of them, how they organize themselves and everything else, was a complete amateur hour. Coming off the Michigan Stars game, right? I don't think we need to belabor the point that we were all disappointed <laughs> really pissed off yeah even yeah and yeah. and by the way so was i yeah 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 I mean, yeah it, it we 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 should listeners and we should all remember that like coaches players they they feel they feel as much as we just like we do. as much as we feel it they feel it more <laughs> well we feel it differently and and part of it is we feel, we feel a responsibility to you guys. And the, the guys here have, have been indoctrinated enough into what really is CFC, what we're about and everything else. The guys get, when you, when you go out and, and the bed like you did, the bottom line is, there's a lot of people that aren't going to be pleased, and that hurts them. I'm telling you. Yeah. The guys, the guys get it. They understand what they're here for, and they understand who the important people are here. So, um, they get it. So let's let's go really quick before before we before we close things down. We'll make this a little bit shorter episode than than some of our pri- previous ones. We've got. Uh, obviously we're not playing. We, we did not play this past weekend. We are not playing, uh, or we are, we, excuse me, we are playing this coming weekend. Yeah. Uh, we'll get new Amsterdam. Yep. NAFC NY. It's the longest. RIP Eric Winalda. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get new Amsterdam this weekend. We'll get the cosmos after that. Right. Let's go. We have, and and I don't I don't need any trade both, secrets. Both of those here. games at home. I know you didn't mention yeah. that. I just want yeah. to bring both, that up. Both of those games at home. Uh, I, I'm not going to ask for any trade secrets here, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're not really going to make those decisions until right before the games right, of actually course. happen. Of course. And 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 I, I guess I'm curious here because if you've watched games in the in, in the independent comp, and if you watched uh, sp- specifically. New Amsterdam mm-hmm. compared to the Cosmos. We know the Cosmos roughly what they are. Right. Uh, you know, really, really good team, especially in the first 11. Yeah. Uh, they're not as good as, as, as they have been in, right. in previous years, right. especially with the NASL. Right. But they're still the Cosmos. Right. 
They're I could the brand, see, dude. I could see a scenario where the Cosmos, where we play that game a little bit like we did Oakland, a little mm-hmm. bit like we did Detroit. Mm-hmm. That I don't think that part's that surprising, no. at least for me. For me, no. I'm curious though with how New Amsterdam's going to work, because even though the results, especially against the Cosmos, right, were even, right. And 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 I I could be wrong. Like I might have to go watch film of of, of their game against their their you know their next uh, this this past weekend's game against the Cosmos again. Right. I don't think they're that good. Right. And and, and this is me like not a professional talking here, but like they don't they don't they don't seem to be that good. Right. They're talented. They're very talented. They just actually. haven't put I, it all together. I th- I'm gonna look like a, like an absolute moron if if we record the we, we publish this thing on Monday or Tuesday and they fucking beat the cosmos. I'm are you, so are you sp- damn dumb. Oh, you're talking about or if co- or if coach tells you right now that uh, <laughs> you're wrong. I don't. I, I really I really don't think they're that good. They first drew. Off. They drew. The, they drew with the cosmos and the independence with the stoppage time goal that was kind but, of impressive. Right, and they've had a well-known coach that's supposed to come in now has resigned, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, I don't, I don't have a clue. Are they a wild and, card? And that's, the, and that's the worst type of team to have to play. A team that's got a great budget, um, is very talented. They're going to play Cosmos on uh, tomorrow night. And you know what? Well, obviously, I'm going to watch the game. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to scout the shit out of that. Yeah, but at the same time, too, I mean, they're good. They're a good team. And and if you look at man versus man to man, man versus man. So looking forward, we have New Amsterdam and the New York Cosmos coming up before we go and play uh, so hopefully some tournament where we maybe get a get a few results and get a trophy. Looking forward to New Amsterdam, who are an unknown quantity, and the New York Cosmos, who are a well-known NASL champion quantity. How do you look at those games, Coach? Um, each one individually, and then collectively, what does it look like going forward for the team? And obviously, I mean, it's it's six possible points. Um, New Amsterdam's going through some difficulties, not not necessarily because of the they they've got a good roster and 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 they've got some money and um they will not be e- it won't be easy um but i would love to see us against those two opponents walk away with four out of six points mm-hmm. and um in terms of the tournament with the bubble um I mean, it's going to be groups of four, um, two groups of four. Can we win our group? I mean, I, I, I think that's how you have to look at is it. Is it, is it, and, and like, this is all essentially breaking news for our podcast folks. Right. Uh, so nothing is obviously confirmed until it's officially confirmed. Right. But is, is the, is the mindset right now? Is it, is it, you play the three games in your group? Yep. Is it like semifinalists? 
or is it just like the winners Can play? It, the winners of the group go through to the final. So that's how everyone gets their third game. Yep. Got it. Okay. Yep. yep. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah. look. I mean, we don't even know how the groups are going to be set up no. at this point because it, it, it's a, it's a yeah. five in the East, three in the West. Like, right. There's going to be some scramble. Yep. I think in terms of looking at, I can only concentrate on our group. Yeah. I like what we've got. I think we found a style that works for us. Um, and again, not just against Detroit City, but I think it worked for us against Oakland yeah. in a difficult environment. So do we stick with it? Probably. Um, there's still always a possibility of bringing in a player or two. Um, if we do that, how does that change the dynamic of how we play? Yeah. You know? Um, but I, I like where we're at. I like the guys we've got. I think, I think we're in a good, a good spot. I really do. I love hearing that. Me too. So let's, uh, it's been, it's been just so long since we got to nerd out a little bit. Yep. You know, this is been cathartic tactics players it's a good word talking about oakland in depth which we i don't think ever did we we've we definitely brushed over the surface but yeah we definitely didn't peel back the we have like not we talked enough about how like fouling is winning mm-hmm. which, which which is, is what you always want to do I, I i love it i know like, you do it's it's not even I'm, it's, I'm here it's not it. even I'm just here for it. it's not even just an equalizing like formula right like when you when you're perceived to be the worst team with less possession you just like you know kick people until until the ref calls it to set up to reset your defense like i like it as an offensive strategy too when you have the ball all the time because you just limit counterattacks and reset but that's neither here nor there i think well i'm 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 really i'm really curious to see how we how how we do approach those 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 two games against the new york teams if we can keep that same style of play, mm-hmm. keep it working, mm-hmm. uh, going into going into the bubble. I have a, I have a quick question for you, Coach, before we, before we get out of you. And thank you, thank you very much for being so generous with your time, previewing these games and talking about the uh, the prior pro games this season. If we if we don't see the, a similar approach, right? Whether it's due to injury or tactical analysis or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you have a backup game plan? And if you if you do, which I'm, I'm assuming you always do, is it what, the four four two diamond? Is it a four four two diamond? And what? <laughs> but most importantly, what can CFC fans look to in whatever backup plan that is? What should they be keying on, thinking about? As producer, I'm going to let you know that you can totally beat around that bush. Well, I was just going to say that I think if I was if I were a CFC plan and and we're and we're looking at an alternate style of play, I would look at, you know, it could be a 4-4-2 diamond. Um, Shout out Bill Elliott. <laughs> it could be a 4-4-2 box in midfield with two sixes and two tens. Shout out Peter Fuller. It could be... <laughs> Classic Detroit away. It could be a 4-3-3 with just straight up 7 and 11. We Shout out Johan Cruyff. It won't have an 8, though, in it. Um, Never mind Johan. And I would say there's a possibility of playing 
Oof. A, there could be a situation where we would play a 2-6-2. Two, two. Shout out Excellent. Marcelo Bielsa. Now we're going to have to bring you back another time to talk about that. Yeah. Or, or shout out Julian Nagelsmann, but to his sport coat more than his <laughs> tactics. His sport coat was a lot better than his tactics on that yeah. game. Agreed. Uh, Coach Fuller. I will give you a pass for not wanting to directly answer that question. I understand why. Uh, I know that. I know that op- opposing teams scout us uh, all the time. And if you are listening to this podcast as an opposing team, God rest your soul. Yeah. And absolutely. Yeah. And also, we wish you the best of luck. I guess, guys. I'm, thank I'm you. Supposed to say that. Thank you so much for having me on. I I this love fun being here with you. And uh, more to come. You guys always. You, you treat me very, very well, and uh, I love what you do for uh, for the club and for our fan base. So let's let's thank try to you. let's try to bring you back at the end of the season. Uh, I don't I don't know exactly when, but like sometime at the end of the season or early off season, we can talk about uh, the rest of the season uh, and and how and how things went, what what went well, what what didn't go well, uh, and maybe get into. Uh, some of the off-season uh, and roster moves and things like that. Perfect. Uh, we'll we'll give our listeners a uh, a little bit of time Good. Uh, with some with some other guests. We have got some more players that we need to interview. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. So breezy. If people want to find you on the internet, how would they do that? You can find me on the internet, producer Jay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Section 109 Podcast, and you can find me on Instagram at Letter J. Also, the the podcast has an Instagram as well. It's Section 109 Podcast. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here. The Section 109 Podcast is by far, out of any of our collective things, and, and Jay, you are responsible for this, and I, I mean this with no disrespect. If you're going to follow something out of this podcast, follow the Section 109 podcast. There, yeah, are goal, sure. there are goal highlights. There's drone footage. There's CFC promos. You're welcome. There is goal footage from last game. If you want to see Darwin Lom's goal celebration, Section 109 podcast, tw- Twitter. Yeah, if you also want to see the um, Ian McGrath goal from Oakland that we also talked about in this podcast. It was our last Throwback Thursday on the Instagram and on the Twitter. Matt. If you want to find me on the internet, you can find me on Instagram at I am Coniglio and on Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. And I know, Coach, you're not a social media guy, but we love you. We love having you here, and we look forward to uh, more conversations, and we also look forward to two wins in these coming weekends. Yeah. And, folks, we will see you on the next pod. Bye. Bye.